Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. So today, uh, I'm going to wrap up just a a two-parter that I kicked off last week um, that stemmed from this thought that I had. Uh, I, I love... Uh, the arts and I, I, I love filmmaking. It is something that I have to purposefully stay away from because if I get connected with our media department too much, too often, I mean, I'll just spend the whole time there. I love the process. There's nothing to me like having this seed idea uh, that you uh, work together and collaborate on and then all of a sudden it comes to fruition and you have this amazing piece of cinema that you can inspire people by and encourage people by. I love what those guys do and I could stay involved with it all the time. I I purposefully have to stay away because I really, really could uh, be back there with the media guys all the time. They do a great job with all of the media that we use in services as well as online and promotions and all of that stuff. Within uh, the whole filmmaking process, if you've been around it at all, when you're wrapping up a, um, a shoot, whether it's just one shoot or whether it's a whole project, typically someone in charge is going to say something along these lines, that's a wrap. And what they're saying is, is, hey, we're finished, we're done, we're complete here, we have achieved what we set out to achieve, that's a wrap. And that's just been in my mind for weeks now approaching the Christmas season. And um, as the idea began to kind of formulate in my mind that this was a message the Lord uh, was laying on my heart to share with you, it kind, of, uh, it kind of unfolded in a couple of different directions. And I started there last week with the idea that uh, the, the whole Christmas holiday is about God wrapping up his gift to the world in human flesh. We call that the incarnation. And I took a a good bit of time last week to kind of talk about that, talk about God wrapping himself up in our humanity. At the same time, we're wrapping up our year. Uh, The next time we meet together, it's going to be 2023. Can you believe that? Uh, Is it just me or did 2022 fly by? I don't know. It gets faster all the time. Not because I'm getting old or anything like that. No, no, not because of that. But it just seems like it's just flying by, huh? And uh, the next time we get together, it'll be 2023. And you know, there are some of us that are here that started off 2022 with some real direction. We had some very specific goals that we wanted to achieve this year. We had vision, we had uh, dreams, we had these ambitions that uh, we were gonna accomplish this or that. And for some of you, you wrap that up, man. You got that done. Congratulations. I'm so proud of you. For others of us, we haven't got it all wrapped up yet. There are still some things we set out to do this year that are going to be carried right over into the next year. And then for some of us, we're already thinking about the new year and we're setting goals for 2023. We're, we're, we're taking on some new aspirations for the coming year. So often, I think we end a year like we're, ending 2022 with some of those goals that we had, those, those aspirations that we had kind of uncomplete, uncompleted, simply because we don't see these desires in our heart for what they really are. 
We don't see them as the leading of the Holy Spirit. We don't see them as God calling on us to do what ultimately he did with the incarnation, what he did with Christmas, and that was to wrap up this plan he had, the plan of salvation. He had a goal. That goal was redeeming mankind to himself. And, and he got it done. Somebody say, thank God. He got it done. Many times we don't see our goals similarly. We think that this is just us. We think these are just our ideas. We think this is just our own kind of aspiration. And so we can treat it as kind of take it or leave it. And if, you know, if it gets too difficult or we're not making a lot of progress with it, we'll kind of lay it aside or maybe, you know, forsake it altogether. And I want us to approach the new year in a different way. And I want us to begin to see our goals, our aspirations as something God is using to actually lead us and guide us in the direction that he wants us to go, to achieve the things that he wants us to achieve. So let me start off by saying, we need to strive to be able to say that's a wrap with the assignments that we're given. You may not be able to do that about goals that you started this year off with, but hopefully this time next year, you'll be able to look back over all the goals either that you carried on over into the new year from 2022 or the, the, the new goals, the new dreams that you're, you're, you have in your heart today for the new year. By, by this time next year, my prayer is we'll all be able to look on that and go, that's a wrap. We did it. We got it done. We achieved this to the glory of God. That's a wrap. Because here's what I believe. I believe that our dreams, I believe that our desires, our ambitions are more than our dreams, more than our desires and ambitions. I believe that they are God-given assignments. Jesus showed up 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, born of a virgin, because God had given him an assignment. And he set out to accomplish that assignment. He would not be swayed from the goal of reconciling man to God. And we are the beneficiaries today. And you ought to give him praise on Christmas morning that he was willing to come to earth with that goal. Will you see your goals the same way? Will you see your dreams and, and your aspirations the same? Will you see them as God-given assignments? I wanna go to Psalm 37, four today. And I wanna share a verse with you that many of you are familiar with, many of you quote and, 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 and have quoted uh, quite often, but I feel like it's a, a greatly misunderstood passage of scriptures. It's beautiful uh, in how it reads, but I don't know that we fully understand it. Psalm 37 verse four says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Doesn't that sound great? Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I think we mistakenly interpret that to mean that if I'm a good person, God will give me anything I want. And that's not what the Bible is saying. What God is saying here is that if your heart really belongs to him, if you really have turned your heart, your life over to this one born in Bethlehem 2000 years ago, this one who lived and died and rose again 
to provide us with a savior. If you have turned your heart over to him, he's gonna take your heart, you've yielded to him, and he's gonna fill it with desires. And those desires will reflect his plan for you, his agenda for you, what he wants to achieve through you to his glory. That's what that passage means. In fact, the word we've translated into English, desires. Literally from the Hebrew means that if we will, I'm sorry, the word delight, not desires, the word delight in that verse. We've translated it into English, delight yourself in the Lord. But in the Hebrew, what it literally means is to become pliable. God wants us to give him a pliable heart, a heart that can be molded, a heart that can have something inserted in it. It's the same idea that we read about in the gospel account when Jesus was in Gethsemane. He's about to be arrested, falsely accused. He's about to be crucified and he doesn't want to go through it. And he prays to the father and says, let this cup pass from me, but then immediately says, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. What is that? That is a pliable heart. That's a heart that God could take and insert his desire, his plan, his will into. Will, will you and I, will we give God that kind of pliability within our heart? Will we allow God to insert his desires, his will, his plans, his purposes in our heart this year? If we are yielded to him that way, then these desires coming up within us, they're not just us kind of wanting this or that. They're not just whims, you know, where we're kind of out there with our finger in the proverbial wind, testing the wind to see, should I go this way or that? No, 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 no. These desires, these dreams coming up inside of a pliable heart yielded to God, they reflect God's will. They reflect God's purpose, God's plan. And we need to act on them. We can't just forsake them. We can't just lay them aside for something different. We have to treat them for what they are, the will of God for our life. Listen to Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. Is it okay if we study the Bible on Christmas? Okay, good. Ephesians two, verse 10 says, we are God's handiwork. Can we, can we just stop right there for a second? And consider what the Bible says about you. You're God's handiwork. One translation said you're his masterpiece. You're the one that God has honed and crafted, shaped and molded. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. These plans, these dreams and ambitions that God wants to fill your heart with, can I tell you, it's not just something new he just came up with. He's, he's known all along what he was going to use you to achieve. He's had it in his heart before you were ever born. He had it in his heart before the formation of the world that he would use me and you in certain ways. And it's so important that we begin to see our dreams differently. It's so important that we begin to see them as the tasks that God is giving us. Because here's the thing, wrapping up our God-given assignments makes us Christ-like. And isn't that the point of Christianity, to be Christ-like? This year, will we be Christ-like? Will, will we be like Christ in the sense that we recognize our mission we see that these desires within our heart are from God and they reflect his will for our lives and so we commit ourselves to them. 
And we can't treat them, you know, kind of in a que sera, sera way. Whatever will be, will be. No, no, no. We treat them as God's mandate for our life and we carry them out to the glory of God. That's what will make us Christ-like. I know that because of what the Bible says about Jesus. I wanna show you that in the Old Testament and the New. In the Old Testament, in one of the messianic Uh, prophetic passages found in Isaiah chapter 50 and verse seven. Isaiah, the prophet, speaks by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of Jesus the Messiah this way. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint and I know I will not be put to shame. Jesus said, I came to this earth with a mission and even though the enemy did his best to, to, distract me, even though the enemy tried his best to keep me from accomplishing what God had given me to do, Jesus said, I set my face like a flint. I wonder if you've done the same. With those dreams you have, with with those ambitions that you have, have you set your face like a flint? Have you made up your mind that your mind is made up that you are gonna do what God has created you to do? Are you gonna achieve what God has called you to achieve? This passage and others is a regular reminder to me that God is a goal setter. If Christmas should say anything to any of us, it should say, God is a goal setter because that baby born in that manger 2,000 years ago was the fruition of God's plan over the millennia, actually even before time. It was God's plan coming into fruition. It was God's plan unfolding in human form. God had a goal to redeem us. He made a plan. We we refer to it as the plan of salvation. We kind of unfold that every Sunday here at our church. One of the core missions of our church, leading people into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because there's a plan, the plan of salvation. God is a goal setter. And I don't know about you, I'm so thankful that he set the goal to win me, to set the goal to redeem me, to set the goal to save me, and that he accomplished that goal. And I stand here today saved by the grace of God because we have a goal setting God. And if he's a goal setter and we're supposed to be like him, then we've gotta be goal setters as well. And we've gotta be achievers of those goals, of those God-given goals. I've always said, I always believed believers should be achievers. If you're a believer, then you should be achiever. You should be achieving some things. In Hebrews chapter 12, I told you I wanted to give you Old Testament and New Testament proof that wrapping up God-given assignments makes us Christ-like. Listen to Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, where the writer of Hebrews says, let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. He did not give up because of the cross. On the contrary, because of the joy that was waiting for him, his dream, his calling, his aspiration, because of the joy waiting for him, he thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross and he's now seated at the right side of God's throne as savior. Jesus came to this world with a God-given assignment and he would not be distracted. He would not be stopped. He didn't let the cross stop him. Now, I know sometimes 
We have these things in our heart to do and we get pushed back. We run into complications. We have setbacks and it's so easy to get discouraged, isn't it? But when you see your dream, when you see that ambition as a reflection of what God has called you to achieve, then you're gonna bear that cross. Come on, y'all. You're gonna be Christ-like and you're gonna bear that cross so that you can be that achiever that God has called you to be. Really and truly, when I read Hebrews 12, verse two, I recognize it's the only reason we can celebrate Christmas today is because Jesus was willing to bear that cross and fulfill the plan of God to save us all. It's the only reason we can celebrate Christmas today. Now, listen to Jeremiah 29, 11, which again is one of those verses so many of us are familiar with, but I wanna, I wanna read this passage to you in the context of what I'm sharing with you. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, God speaking through the prophet said, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I've already said that God is a goal setter, but God's also a planner. God's a planner. And he says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Somebody say, thank God. Plans to give you hope and a future. This goal setting God is also a planner. And y'all, we're part of the plan. You are part of the plan. Your dream, that aspiration that you have, that is part of God's eternal plan. And we have to see it as such. If we don't, then we will be kind of quick to abandon it when, when it gets hard, when it gets tough, when we're, when we're facing all sorts of you know, opposition or difficulty or whatever. It's been said and, and it bears repeating, we will, um, if we uh, fail to plan, we plan to fail. How many of you gotta have a plan? So you're here on Christmas day with some of those things that were in your heart 12 months ago to achieve in this year and some of them have yet to be realized. Some of them are yet to come to full fruition and maybe some of them have even been discarded or abandoned. Many times the reason why we're giving up on those goals is because we don't have a plan. And it's so important that we let God give us a plan to wrap up those assignments. We'll never wrap up our goals without a plan. Let's talk about it a little bit here as we head towards the new year. Let's talk about it just a little bit. Let's talk about how to wrap up your goals. Those that have yet to be realized from 2022, those new goals, those new dreams that you're gonna be given in the coming year. How do you wrap up those goals? Number one, you need to write them down. And I wonder how many of us have. How many of us have taken these aspirations serious enough to where we've actually committed it to pen and paper? That it's something that is set before us, something that we can go back and look at again and again and again. God said, you need to write your goals down. You need to write your vision down. In fact, in Habakkuk chapter two, verse two, Habakkuk says, the Lord's told me, I will give you my message in the form of a vision. Write it clearly enough to be read at a glance. Whatever God's vision for your life is, it needs to be written 
in such a way that it can be read at a glance, that every day you can glance over God's plan for your life, God's dream for your life, his vision for your life, and you can remind yourself of it and you can act accordingly. I, I wanna give you some staggering, staggering statistics about the US. Did you know that only 3% of our population have written down their list of goals and dreams? Only 3%. Look around you right now today in this crowd of hundreds of people, only 3% of us, according to the law of average, only 3% of us actually have our goals written down in legible form. Now, these are a couple of more statistics that I can't tell you by science that they're directly related to what I just shared, but I have a feeling that they are. Did you know that 3% of our population governs the other 97%? Were you aware of that? And did you know that 3% of our population own as much real estate and wealth as the other 97% combined? Staggering, staggering thought, isn't it? Could it be? that these things are correlated? Could it be that the reason that is is because these are people that take their goals seriously and commit themselves to it? And will we do the same? Especially knowing that those goals, those aspirations are really a reflection of God's plan for us, God's will for us. Somebody help me out and say amen. Let's write our goals down. Secondly, let's take intentional steps in pursuit of our goals. What could that first step towards your goal be? What might that first step be? Just a single step. If you can get that step and take it, then you're headed towards the accomplishment that God has called you to. And let me just say, God always favors the aggressive and the persistent. And when I say aggressive, you know, you can define aggression a couple of different ways. I've been around dogs that were aggressive, that were a threat to me. And then I've been around dogs that were aggressive that the, the best they would do is lick you to death, right? Because they're so happy to see you and their tail can almost knock you down. They're so happy to see you. That's a form of aggression. And that's a form of aggression that God will, again, show favor to. That kind of aggression, that kind of persistence is what God's looking for in every one of our lives. Psalm 37 verse 23 says this. It says that the steps of a man are ordered by the Lord who takes delight in his journey. Okay, first of all, I love the way that's worded. God takes delight in our journeys. Can you say thank God? He takes delight. He wants to be connected to our journey, involved in our journey. He takes delight in it. And then he says, he says that our steps are ordered by the Lord. Now we often will interpret that to mean that God's gonna lay those steps out for us, step one, step two, step three, step four. And, and that could be the case. But the term order doesn't just refer to some, some way of, laying things out or, or filing things, organizing things. The word order also means command or demand. And, and that's the way I like to see this passage, that, that my steps, 
That taking steps towards my dream, taking steps towards what God's put in my heart, that's something God's not playing around about. It's his orders for me. It's my marching orders. I'm to take those steps. Y'all are looking at me like I'm talking to the wrong church. We gotta take those steps. They're ordered of the Lord. And again, God always rewards persistence. I love the... The, the passage uh, we found in Matthew chapter 15, verse 22 through verse 28, that talks about a Canaanite woman who came to Jesus crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus didn't answer a word and his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away for she keeps crying out after us. And he answered, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. And the woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. And he replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. What was Jesus rewarding? Her persistence. She had a goal. She had a dream of seeing her child healed and delivered and she wouldn't be swayed. She wouldn't be detoured. She wouldn't be stopped. Let's take some steps. Number three, stay motivated. Again, the reason why so many of us gave up on things we started this year out determined to achieve is because it got hard. It got difficult. But it's in those moments that we've got to stay motivated. And I don't know, hey dreamers, I don't know if you figured this out yet or not, but you're not always gonna have someone standing around ready to encourage you. You're not gonna always have people motivating you to keep going towards your dreams. In fact, if we're gonna be real, most people can forgive you of anything except having a dream in your heart. Many people are gonna be offended by your dream. They don't want you accomplishing or achieving anything because they don't have the courage to step out and accomplish anything themselves. And so, no, they're not gonna motivate you. They're gonna try to demotivate you, right? And so you gotta motivate yourself. I love what 1 Samuel 30 verse six says about David. Now here's an achiever. This is a guy accomplishing some things, right? And it says that David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He encouraged himself. And we're gonna have to do the same. We're gonna have to stay motivated. Philippians chapter three, verse 14 are the words of St. Paul. Here's what he said. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ. He said, I press on. What's Paul doing? He's motivating himself. He's maintaining the motivation necessary to win the prize that God has called him Two, years ago, and you may have heard me tell this story. I've told it before, but I think think it bears repeating today with what I'm sharing with you. Years ago, I heard a guy share about a dream that he had. Now, this was a guy who was very motivated, very motivational. He was a guy that was an achiever. He talked about a dream he had had where he woke up from the dream feeling like, It was something God was saying to him. Anybody ever wake up? I mean, you have those dreams that you wake up and you go, there's no way that's God, right? And then then you have those those dreams that seem to have some significance. You feel like there's more to it than the pizza you ate the night before, right? 
And this guy wakes up and he feels like the dream is God trying to tell him something. And all he can remember about the dream is being in a car on a freeway and there's a, a billboard with a big pink pig on the billboard. And he feels like, God, what are you trying to say to me? So all week long, he's praying, he's fasting, he, he's doing every kind of word study he can do in the Bible on pigs to see if God you know, will help him to understand what it was he was trying to communicate with him through that dream over. And he gets nothing. Finally, in desperation, he prays and he says, God, would you just let me have the dream one more time? I wanna see that billboard one more time. Sure enough, he goes to bed, he has the dream, and this time he sees the billboard. But the pig is just a small little pink pig in the corner of the billboard. And the rest of the billboard is taken up with big black block letters. And the message on the billboard is don't get distracted. I wanna know what kind of pink pig you've been chasing this year. I wanna know what kind of pink pig has distracted you from the big, bold, black letters that God impressed in your pliable heart early on this year over some things to achieve to the glory of God. Look at me, don't get distracted. Don't chase that pig, amen? Let's go after our God-given dreams and let's stay motivated. Let's keep our eyes on the Lord. And, and let me just put this in perspective. I gotta wrap up, but... But just note that the motive of our goal has to be the glory of God. I mentioned David, what an achiever he was. What's the thing we often associate most with David? Goliath, right? Bringing down that giant. It's, it's, it's known all the worldwide. It's, the story is known even by people that are not in circles of faith. They know of the story of David and Goliath. What an accomplishment. What an achievement. And, and you know, there was motivation given to the boy, he was told that the person that took that giant out would receive tax exemption for his whole family. That's a motivation. And that the, the, daughter's, uh, the, do, the king's daughter's hand would be given to him in marriage. But at the end of the day, those weren't David's motivations. Because what he told his fellow Israelites standing around behind the battle lines, afraid to go face that giant was, how dare we sit back here and allow that uncircumcised Philistine to blaspheme the name of our Lord, our God. It was for the name of the Lord that David set out to achieve what he achieved. And we've got to do the same. Come on, for the glory of the name of Almighty God. Let's take what he's folded into our pliable hearts and let's achieve it in the months to come to his glory. You got to stay motivated. And then number four, you got to stay accountable. Everybody doesn't need to know about your dream. I'm not telling you, go put your aspirations on social media. In fact, please do not. Everybody doesn't need to know what's in your heart to achieve, but somebody needs to know. Somebody that can stand in agreement with you and pray with you over that God-given dream. Someone that can ask you how it's going. Someone that could even maybe advise you. Listen, Stay accountable. Proverbs 15, 22 said, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. This word advisors is from the Hebrew, the, the Hebrews pronounced saud, and it means close secret de deliberation. It's where you're getting with someone you know you can trust and you're just, you're, you're talking it through. You're dreaming out loud. You're thinking out loud and they're giving you feedback and they're taking what you come up with to God in prayer with you. We need that kind of accountability 
So here's how we're going to wrap up the goals God has given us. We're gonna write them down. We're gonna take intentional steps in pursuit of them. We're gonna stay motivated. We're gonna stay accountable. And here's, here's what I promise you. Wrapping up our God-given goals is life-giving. It's life-giving. In fact, there's nothing like it. Nothing compares to the life-giving nature of achieving something you know God has called you to do. It, it's just incomparable. In about three weeks, Don and I are gonna move into our new house that we've been working on for over a year now. It's been crazy. Uh, thank you so much. Um, we walked through the other day and they're so close to being done and we were taking everything in, all the little details of the house that we planned together and we had someone draw up and now we had someone build out. We looked at all the little features and how it's laid out and the rooms that were important to us, the things that were important to us. We got back in the car and we got ready to leave. And I told Donna, I said, you know, nothing puts wind in my cell like this. Nothing energizes me more than seeing a dream, just a seed of a dream unfold into full fruition. There is nothing that energizes me more, nothing that puts gas in my tank more than seeing, do y'all know what I'm saying to you? You've achieved, you've, 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 you've experienced it. What is that? It's the life-giving nature of acting on God-given dreams. It's exactly what it is. Proverbs 13, 12 warns us, hope deferred makes the heart sick. God doesn't want you sick. He doesn't want you weak or anemic. And that's what deferring our hope or our dream, our ambition, our, our aspiration or plan, that's what it does, it weakens us. He says, hope's deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Makes you fruitful. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and that more abundantly. You know, that's what he said. He came to give you life and that more abundantly. And I believe that God has wrapped up that abundant life he promised in the form of goals, dreams, and desires. He's deposited them with an pliable heart. And in achieving what God's put in your heart, you're gonna know that abundant life that Jesus promised to each and to every one of us. I'll close with Colossians chapter one, verse 27, because you said you wanted to do a Bible study on Christmas. So Colossians chapter one is our last passage. Listen to how it's worded. Colossians chapter one, verse 27. God wanted to make known to Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery among them, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Say it with me this way. Say Christ in me, the hope of glory. We're here on Christmas celebrating God wrapped up in human form in the person of Jesus. But it doesn't stop there. Now, God wants to wrap himself up in you to his glory. And one of the most significant ways he does it is depositing those divine plans, purposes, and intentions in a pliable heart that we go after with all of our strength and we achieve to bring 
our Lord and Savior, the glory he deserves. Can we get this thing wrapped up? Hey everyone, this is Pastor Jeff Abels and I just wanted to take a minute to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Maybe the Holy Spirit has been dealing with your heart as you've listened to this message and you feel like you just need to get right with God. If you have no real assurance that you are right with God, if you cannot honestly say you've been living for God and you know that needs to change, I want to invite you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior right now. You know, the Bible tells us that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means God loves you and God's ready to save you. He's just waiting on you to call on Him. Why don't you call on Him right now by praying a very simple prayer with me. I want you to repeat the words of this prayer after me. Let those words come right from your heart. Let's pray. Dear God, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from God. And I don't want that. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again. Through faith in Jesus, I believe my life can change. So I ask you, Jesus, Come into my heart, forgive all my sin, and change my life. Be Lord of my life from this day forward. I don't live for me anymore or this world. God, I want to live for you. Help me to do that. And I thank you right now, even as I pray, according to your promise, My sin is all forgiven. I'm now right with God. I am saved. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer with me, we would really love to know about it. We'd love to give you some next steps to get you started on your brand new journey of faith. What I'd love for you to do is just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. And someone will connect with you to provide you with some resources that I think will help you greatly. Again, just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast today and God richly bless you is our prayer for you.